You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reads Blaster Master. Previously on Cyril Reed's Blaster Master. Jason is on a quest to be reunited with his pet frog. After making a series of loud noises, Fred the Frog jumped out of his cage and took our hero on a journey to an old swamp near his house. Unfortunately, nothing is what it seemed, and Jason jumped into a large pit and was introduced to a mysterious gun-toting stranger. Together, Jason and his new friend, Eve, are in the middle of a large-scale battle with a series of robots. And to make matters worse, Eve has decided to drive our heroes off of a cliff into molten lava. Will Eve and Jason be able to escape certain death? Will Jason find his pet frog? Will any of this make sense? Find out now when you listen to another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Blaster Man. Chapter 6 No! Jason shouted. He clamped his eyes shut and clenched his teeth. Oops, came Eve's voice. The falling sensation stopped. Jason felt seasick, as if he had just hit the bottom of a roller coaster ride. He opened his eyes a little bit. The sides of the cliff were still racing by, but now Sophia the Third was going up. It bounded over the top and landed on the second cliff. How did you do that? Jason asked. Oh, to propel upwards, Sophia III must have contact with the solid or liquid underneath. You mean, we we touched the stuff at the bottom? Jason said in disbelief. Well, briefly, Eve answered. If we had stayed any longer, we might have been social studies. What? Is that not a popular expression? Jason thought about it for a moment. Oh, you mean we might have been history? He laughed. I think I'm getting the hang of this. Jason's good mood was short-lived. They floated over a ridge into a valley below, directly into the path of another robot. You know, Jason muttered, These guys are getting annoying. He pressed gun. Blam! The robot disintegrated. Jason smiled. I think I'm getting the hang of this, too. Hang on. Hang on. Hang up. Getting the hang of... Eve murmured. Your sling is quite confusing. Slang! They came to another ridge, and Eve made the vehicle leap onto it. This time, when another robot came towards them, Jason didn't even blink. Your social studies, buddy, he called out, pressing gun again. The robot exploded. Yeehaw! Jason shouted with glee. The coast is clip. The word caught in his throat. Where the robots had been standing, there was now a bright, pulsating sphere the size of Sophia the Third. Uh, I lied, Jason said. 
Stop, Eve! But Eve didn't seem to hear him. She drove forward. Eve! Jason warned. Eve, don't you see that? But it was too late. Without slowing down, Sophia III plowed into the sphere. There was a blinding burst of light. Jason shut his eyes. Eve, are you nuts? But the light lasted only a fraction of the second. When Jason opened his eyes again, he noticed the power gauge had increased. I did not intend to become nuts, Eve said, frowning. I have tried to attain a suitable human form. You have, Jason said. Now, can you tell me what just happened? In this highly radioactive underworld, there is much that you may not understand. Sometimes, for unknown reasons, a destroyed robot will leave a pocket of self-contained nuclear power. And if you drive through it, you just absorb the power? Jason said. Oh, you're getting the hang of this, Eve declared. Now, hang on. Four gaping holes lay in front of them. Eve carefully guided Sophia III over each one. Around them, on all sides, flying missiles whizzed by. What's going on here? Jason asked, his voice filled with exasperation. Eve shifted into low gear. In front of them was a long, dark tunnel. We will be safe here, she said. I will explain all. Sophia III rolled into the tunnel. It was lit with a mysterious dull green, like the chamber Jason had first fallen into. He sat back and looked intently at Eve. She took a deep breath. My planet, Signar L, was very tiny, she began. There were many peaceful countries, all co-existing happily. You said was and were, Jason commented. Don't you mean... Please, Jason, I said I would explain all. Eve's eyes grew distant, and memories began to flood her mind. My father was the ruler of Pumalorg, the finest country in Signorel. He was also the leading astro-scientist on the planet, and he trained me as well. I became the youngest winner of the Nova Red Prize for Science, for my theories in intergalactic life forms. Oh, congratulations! Jason interjected. Eve gave a weak smile. I'm afraid it makes no difference now. You see, I was on a mission to seek out alien life forms when I found your planet. Needless to say, I was very happy. But when I transmitted the news to Signorel, the commander's voice interrupted me. All he said was, do not give me your coordinates. Then the line went dead. Unfortunately, it was too late. I had told them exactly where I was. Well, what was wrong with that? Jason asked. I have no idea. But I was more concerned that the signal blackout I sped back to Signorel, and all I saw... Her voice began to choke, and she wiped away the tear. All I saw was a lifeless, glowing mass of radioactivity. The entire planet, 
every person, everything, created during eons of civilization, and had all been wiped out. Ah, oh, I'm sorry, Jason said softly. Eve sniffled and went on. As I approached Signorel and I tried to reestablish communications, there was a booming voice, so loud that I had to cover my ears. I could not tell where it was coming from. It identified itself only as the Plutonium Boss. It laughed, and it said, it said it had found Signorel to be a delightful home. It had been on your planet all along? Yeah, for thousands of years. Before that, it was just floating in space, dying for the lack of its only food, plutonium. You mean that radioactive stuff that they used to make atomic bombs with? Jason asked. Yes, the so-called plutonium boss said it would burrow deep underneath Signorel's crust. It did it ages ago when we had first begun our nuclear age. We had set up and developed plutonium on a large scale. And it fed on the plutonium for years and, and years? Jason said. Eve nodded. It grew and grew like a cancer, hiding underground. Then, after it surfaced, unleashing the power of three million atomic blasts, Signorel was vaporized in an instant. Her eyes grew cold, and her jaw became one set with anger. It laughed as it told me this, and then... Then... Then it thanked me. Jason was puzzled. Thank you for what? For transmitting my coordinates to my commander. Eve turned and looked solemnly into Jason's eyes. Now that Signorel is used up, the evil creature's plutonium would decay quickly, sapping all of its power. It would soon need another place to destroy, another place that had plutonium, another place where it could fester underground for ages. And after hearing me, it knew it had found the perfect place. Jason knew what she was going to say, but didn't want to hear it. My dear Jason, Eve said, the plutonium boss is here, under the earth, and we're going to find it. Game Hint! Use your cannon on the floating faces you encounter. Chapter 7 Jason stared grimly forward. His brain was spinning. All he had meant to do was chase after his pet frog. Now, all of a sudden, he was in a race to save the world. Uh, it still doesn't make sense to me, he finally said. Why, why was there a hole in the swamp? And, and, and what was the weird chest in it? Uh, I do not know about the chest, Eve said. But I do know in order to breathe the... Plutonium boss requires a certain swamp gas methane, I believe. Is, is, is that the stuff that makes the swamp smell so bad? Well, 
to the plutonium, boss. That smell is like perfume. Jason scrunched up his nose. It figures. That hole you came down is one of the plutonium boss's blowholes, Eve said. For some reason, swamp creatures have been attracted to these holes, especially frogs. Several have fallen in. But, but why? Eve shrugged. Batters me. Uh, I think you mean beats me, Jason said. He sighed. And, and you were speaking so well, Eve. I'm sorry, Eve said. Please bore with me. No, bear with me, Jason corrected. Eve looked around. A bear? Where? No, no, no! Jason laughed. Oh, you know something? I think you're putting me on. Putting you on? Groaning, Jason shook his head. Oh, never mind. Eve ignored him, concentrating on the road ahead. Before long, she pointed out the windshield at a distant point of light. We're almost to the end. Please, be careful. This is where the other humans got lost. Jason stared at her. Other humans? Oh, I neglected to tell you about him. His name was Alex. Was? What happened? Oh, I don't know. On one of his solo energy-seeking missions, he never returned to the vehicle. I can only assume that he is the casualty of the plutonium boss. Oh, great! Jason gulped. And, uh, what is a solo energy-seeking mission? Oh, you'll find out. Before Jason could react, Sophia III zoomed out the other end of the tunnel. Suddenly, the ground beneath them disappeared. The vehicle flew through the air, landing with a dull bump. Around them was a dark grotto. The dirt walls were covered in green moss, with a heavy smell of mildew hung in the air. Oh, okay. Uh, What kind of place have you taken me to now? Jason demanded. Greetings! Jason cried out, covering his ears. The voice was loud. He felt his seat vibrate. Plutonium boss, do not think you can scare us! Eve shouted. It is you who must fear us! A low rumbling of laughter began. The walls around them shook with its rhythm. Don't hang him on! Jason whispered. Do not worry, Eve reassured him. There are no eggs in this vehicle at all. Yeah, Jason replied, shuddering. Just one big chicken! The laughter swelled until moss began to shake loose from the walls. Jason thought there might be an earthquake. It stopped abruptly and the voice spoke again. Welcome to the underground. Please feel free to turn around. But should you choose to forge ahead, heed this, the tour ends when you're dead. The traps are set for fools who dare, a dozen levels save two pair. To fight your host, Plutonium Boss, first go down and then across. Thence to your death and this planet's loss. Ha 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 ha. The laughter welled again, then faded. Jason heard a clattering noise below him. What's that? He exclaimed. I believe it's your feet. 
Eve replied. Jason looked down to see his boot shaking against the metal floor of Sophia III. Oh, I think we should leave. You do not want to find Fred? You do not want to save the Earth? Jason swallowed hard. Sure, sure, but where are we supposed to go? I do not know. Perhaps there were clues in that poem. Jason thought back, remembering the words. Uh, a dozen levels, save two pair. Let's, let's see here. That's uh, two pair, four, so that's twelve minus four. Uh, eight levels! Yeah, th there must be eight levels in this underworld. Ah, oh, now we're speaking, Eve said. But what did he mean about going down and then across? Jason scanned the area. A few feet in front of them, a large hole dropped down into the blackness. Well, let's try that, he said. Eve took a deep breath. I suppose we must. It is like that saying, when the going gets tough, the tough go away. Ah, uh, right, Jason said. Just drive before I realize what a dumb idea this is. With that, a whoosh. Sophia III moved forward and dropped into the hole. Jason's body strained upwards against the shoulder harness. Outside the window was nothing but blackness. He felt as if he was in that elevator whose cable had just snapped. Near the bottom, Eve pulled the lever, marked landing thrusters. Sophia III slowed down and touched the ground again, gently. Jason heaved a sigh of relief. You always do have something up your sleeve, you know. Of course, Eve replied, looking at him as if he were crazy. My arm. Ahead of them was a long, narrow corridor, just wide enough for Sophia III. Eve edged forward. In the murky light, Jason spotted a rotten sign attached to the wall. It said, Level 2, and pointed straight ahead. Piece of cake! Jason remarked. I wonder if all of them will be this easy to find. Shiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiiii
She sat and cried about her past, and then revealed that we had to save the world and fast. But Jason, don't you worry about that, because Eve brought you this fancy hat. It will allow you to go outside and explore, but don't step on cracks or you'll fall through the floor. And if you die too many times, you'll find no sympathy from my rhymes. Because you shouldn't run after pet frogs, you should be at home sawing logs. Eve's world sounds like a perfect place to get a tan, and with a name like that, it's a perfect place for Superman. But maybe I'm kind of missing the point. It happens sometimes when I'm smoking a joint. Hey, why did I just talk about drugs? Because the kids like it better than talking about hugs. The problem I'm having is staying on track. I'm sure I'll do better, and you'll give me a bunch of flack. But see if I care, you stupid cow, because we're about to go back to the story right now. So back to the chapter with all the crying, and at this point I kinda wish it was more about dying. And why am I scared of a plutonium boss? I'm sure Jason will run in and give him a toss. That's what I'd do if the situation happened to me. But thankfully it's not. I'd probably just flee. Oh wait, you're right, I contradicted myself. These days I keep my balls on the highest shelf. That way I won't find myself getting ready to be killed. Instead I get I go home and play games, attempting to be thrilled. This plot seems to have a heavy hand and message. And did I mention that all this stuff is presage? Jason is about to save the world from a nuke. The soapbox politics make me kinda wanna puke. I don't remember all this stuff from the game, but I'm sure that the designers weren't to blame. I bet you money that this is AL's doing. Are those a few more cliffhangers I smell a brewin'? At this point in my rhymes, they're starting to suck. The reason I got this far is on pure luck. Maybe it's time to end this thing proper. Like the loud noise and smoke coming from my chopper. I hate to rush, and I don't want to linger. So I'll see you next week, Mr. A.L. Singer.